0: Welcome back to The Short Game. This is the show where we talk about short video games, the kind of thing you can pick up and complete in an evening or a weekend, games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined by my two other awesome hosts, Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura?
1: I'm doing just splendid.
0: Happy birthday. Thank you. Woo! Yes, it is Laura's birthday. and. Also, some other exciting crap has happened that I'm not sure whether she's ready to share on the podcast yet. Go ahead. I mean... Congratulations, Laura, on your engagement.
1: Thank you very much. Woo! It's been a very eventful three days.
0: Oh my god, Thank yes. Uh, yeah, uh, I, think, I think you're making a good choice. I've had some time to vet this person.
1: <laughs> As have I.
0: Well, it's cra- they've only been dating for two weeks, though, so... <laughs> well, yep, it's a real whir- whirlwind romance. <laughs> But congratulations! I'm really, really happy, and I, I, I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. Um, marriage is great. <laughs>
1: endorsed by Reagan.
0: Yes, uh, Reagan indor- endorsed. And here to confirm my assessment that marriage is ga- great, uh, my other co-host Nate Heiniger. How are you doing, Nate?
2: I'm doing well. I will. Uh, I guess whenever it goes through, I won't be the most recently wed uh, co-host of the short game. Finding so us I'll hand that. Yeah, finally.
0: That title's been a rough burden. It's,
2: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Poor guy. I, I, I don't get a lot of sleep. And this week, we are talking about a game that we've been talking about talking about <laughs> for a really, really long time, and that's Firewatch. Um, longtime listeners of the short game have probably heard us mention it in passing, probably a dozen times or more and uh actually it was one of the games that we said we were looking forward to in the coming months in the very first episode of this uh of this show like I didn't really know how long it was going to take to come out at that point but uh Firewatch was announced um maybe a week before the very first episode of the short game when we were talking about Gone Home um so it's finally out guys it's finally out and and that's a uh, apt you know, comparison,
2: our first episode was Gone Home. We talked about this this game. And now we're starting out talking about this game and Gone Home. It's got a bit of a
0: successor, in a way, to that game, or at least that that genre. Yeah, I think it's an easy comparison to make. They have a lot in common in terms of their storytelling style. Um, they're very different in a lot of ways. But I, I think this game, more than anything, just sort of shows the effect that Gone Home has had on uh, gaming at large,
1: so we've been talking a lot about knowing this game has been coming for a long time, but I've gotten increasingly more and more excited because everybody who I've ever heard associate this game is top notch. I mean, they've got uh, Sean Bannerman who worked on Walking Dead, Ali Moss at Who does the most brilliant
0: posters? He's like one of the. He, this is the first game that Ali Moss has worked on, and he, but he's like one of the like he's a legend of graphic design. Like he's everywhere right now. Reagan just read that directly from his Wikipedia page. No, <laughs> no, I mean, but really, I,
1: I had heard of Ollie Moss before I heard of anybody else in, uh, anybody else involved in this. But that's because I'm a huge design geek. Um, but they also have an all star cast. I mean, uh, Harry Crane from Mad Men, Rich Summer, who doesn't just hang out at game places, actually records for them.
0: He's he's really a uh, he's a big nerd actually. Like if you follow him on Twitter, he's constantly tweeting about like board games. He's really into those. I think he had a podcast about board games for a while, or or maybe he was just doing guest appearances on them. I forget. But yeah, he's um, it, it's clear like he's uh, you know, he's into games, and uh, it's kind of cool to see him do a video game like performance and it's, it's dead on. Like this is amazing voice acting. And then the, his, his co-star on it, uh, Sissy Jones is a huge name in video game voice acting as well. Like she was in Life is Strange. She played, uh, Joyce Price. Um, she was in, in The Walking Dead as well. Like the, I, I think that, uh, walking, uh, former developers of the Walking Dead or former Telltale developers is like one of those things that you put on your game's marketing now. The same way that for a while, absolutely everything said uh, from the people that brought you Bioshock. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And actually, there is uh, if you look at uh, Campo Santo's roster, one of them says former developer on Bioshock. So uh, <laughs> you know, keeping that around. Uh, and and you know, they the both the voice actors, you know, well-known names, but also. I mean, they did a phenomenal job. This game kind of relied on them being good. Uh, It is the majority of the game that driving action is their voices. Uh, And it's fantastic.
1: I mean, we were in the bag for this game. Our expectations were absurdly high, and I've been burned by that more times than I could count. But I was really looking forward to Firewatch, and I still really enjoyed it. So Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for something that's extremely polished, I mean, the hours per hour of video gameplay is absurdly high. They've got to put so much time into this.
0: Over two years, yeah.
1: Every aspect is really polished.
0: Yeah, so this is Campo Santo's very first game. Um, and they're a team of 11 people. You can look at all their little like biographies on their website. Um, but, uh, so, you know, totally star studded and all that, but, um, but it's the first game from this team and, you know, there was no guarantee that they were going to work together well, or that this was going to come out to be like it, it, what it has become. I mean, it really is a, a solid game. Um, but it also is kind of a weird corporate or company story too. Like they all came together to make this game, but it's kind of the company, um, uh, Campo Santo is kind of an offshoot from a software developer, not a game developer called panic. And I don't know if folks who aren't like huge Mac nerds will find that as interesting as I do. But like I am, I mean, I I don't talk about this a lot on this show, but folks who know me know that I am like an absolutely enormous Apple and Mac nerd. I mean, you know, Nate and I met while we were working at Apple, the Apple store, you know, no, nothing fancy, but it's a big part of my life. I love Apple stuff, and I'm, I'm a, a real sort of uh, enthusiast about Apple software. And I've been using Macs for many, many years. And all the way back in 1999, um, Panic was very, very much on my radar because they made uh, Audion which was the the first MP3 playing software I ever used uh, for my uh, for my classic Mac OS experience, and I spent hours downloading themes to skin my Audion install so that it would look just the way that I liked it. And when when iTunes came out, and you know, basically made Audion something that you couldn't actually like there was no business model for it anymore because every Mac came with iTunes and iTunes was at least good enough. I held out and, and used Audion for years afterwards. Panic is very near and dear to my heart. And I still, to this day, use some Panic software with, like, for example, they have a really, really good FTP client called Transmit. They have a version of that on the iPad that's awesome. Like they make amazing software. So I knew just from their reputation and my long experience with panic that if they were getting into video game development, this was going to be something really special, something really unusual. And I think what they brought to it, I don't think anybody from panic specifically worked on the game. Although it seems like it was, seems like it was more of like a producer kind of arrangement, but like cable sasser, the guy who's one of the developers over at panic, one of the the founders, he's been very hands-on with it. And like he was at the Campo Santo booth at PlayStation, uh, Experience and you know, I got to say hi to him, and that was a big nerd moment for Reagan. <laughs> so, anyway, long story short, uh, I was very excited to see them get into video games. And I have been like, it, this could not have been more specifically tailor made for Reagan.
2: I have a, I probably have an old PC with uh Winamp still running on it, uh, somewhere. That was my first uh, MP3 player, I believe. So.
0: Uh, see, I, I got to use my fancy Audion and look down on all the, all the, the Winamp wannabes with their themes and their... I was going to say, sweet robot skins? <laughs> yes, yeah. super sweet robot skins. So yeah, um, anyway, all, all of that nerdery aside, what type of game did they make? Like they set out to make um, a game that, it's a little bit hard to kind of file under any particular, uh, genre. I guess the closest thing is the, uh, the walking sim. Like people have, uh, I I still hate that term, but there's still not really a better term for it. And so it's kind of been one of those things where now we just call them walking simulators now.
1: Yeah. But I think that's a little disingenuous because so many walking sims are, um, real tiny one or two person indie games where there's just a lot of, things to look at, and there's not a lot of interaction with the world. I feel like this is just – it's more sandboxy, and there's a lot more voiceover. We've already compared it to Telltale, but it's mm-hmm. not – as on rails. And we compared it to Gone Home, but it's not
2: – Well, yeah, Gone Home is a far tighter package. I mean the whole thing mm-hmm. takes place inside that house. And there is always something to be looking at, something to be investigating. I mean you can't go three feet and Gone Home without being like, ooh – Now, what's this then? You know, whereas uh, with uh, Firewatch, uh, a lot of it is you really have to be into and appreciate the kind of serenity of nature and some very, very beautiful artwork.
1: And We've gone this far in and we haven't actually said the central premise of Firewatch, which is that um, you are alone um, in a lookout – with a handheld radio talking to someone else, another lookout, and you're in a Wyoming National Park, and you're there for the summer.
2: Yeah, Um, your job is to stare out the lookout and make sure fires uh, don't happen. Well, rather, if fires are happening,
0: you need to report them. Sounds like a thrilling game so far.
1: Yeah. And you have the run of the National Park. Yep. So we mentioned a walking simulator. I mean, you're hiking a lot, (laughs) and you're talking on a radio a lot. Um, But it is a really much more interesting game than that sounds like it. We just can't talk about the plot because we don't really, we want you guys to be surprised. Yes, we're going to have a hard and fast spoiler spoiler
0: break break here in just a a minute or two probably. And when we get past that spoiler break, we're going to talk about all of the interesting events of the plot. Let me just say that, um, you know, when you look at the marketing materials for this or the trailer or any of the posters or anything like it's selling you with its graphic design, which is amazing. It's gorgeous. It really um, has three-dimensional uh, like spaces that look like the kind of graphic arts posters that the the national parks uh, use. Like, I, really, the the visuals of the game really seem inspired by. If you've ever um, seen, like, if you've gone into the gift shop at a national park, you you've seen that iconic style that they've been using for a lot of their. Um, promotional materials and stuff like that, even signs, for many years. Yeah, it's
1: it's that kind of four-color print that you see in Disney posters, um, that um, kind of 1930s-style travel poster look. And, I mean, we're I can get to geek out about Panic, I'm going to geek out about the design of this game because, um, you know, you, you're playing in this world that has a lot of 3D objects to interact with, but all the backgrounds are um, often silhouettes. It's very... Um, monochromatic where they'll pick like you know this is every shade of yellow and the entire screen is full of it the lighting design is so gorgeous that it made me want to go outside and i looked at my window and it was like five inches of snow and terrible
2: (laughs) you're like
0: the real world is not as beautiful as this world no no matter how good the weather is it just won't measure up to the to the beautiful like oh this game just it's it's a heightened kind of Natural makes you beauty. want to go
1: to Wyoming, man. yeah, but I can't hike I cannot hike like that human being hikes I, in the game. All I was
2: gonna kids. say that so Henry I would break all my ankles is uh, that guy is he is in shape and has a very, <laughs> very strong legs because he's just like you know so we talked about uh, uh, just hit it briefly we we did oxen oxen free like last week and these kids we're just scaling like rock walls. Like it was no big deal. Same with this guy. You're just like, Oh yeah, just drop 20 feet into a, uh, like a, a rocky hill.
0: Mm-hmm. You're good. No Rappel problem. Repel down this three story face of loose rocks. Yeah. No problem. Climb vertically, like a 15 foot rock face.
2: No, just get a little, get, get a little, uh, exhausted at the end of it. Well, he's it an is, outdoorsy
0: guy uh, of guy. And, a guy, and, and that's kind of why he decided to spend his summer out here in Wyoming.
2: Yeah, it's fine. It's just, it's fun. like, I'm like, man,
0: <laughs> like. I wish I was one, in shape like Henry.
2: A, yeah, like one action that you do in a single day would, ta- would be like, for most people, like, all right, I'm going to do this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I can climb up this wall. Or I'm going to find a different way around instead of jumping down 15 feet onto a rock slide. Um, but it, it works. I mean, it it's fine. It's just, it's, I thought it was pretty funny. Also, he picks up and sets things down
0: really funny. Oh, the animations are great, yeah.
1: Oh, I kept trying, I tried really hard to stay organized and to put things back where I put them, and I would just kind of drop things on the floor, and I eventually kind of learned how to throw them correctly back onto it. Just like, eventually I would kind of get near something and lean.
2: It had to be a choice, right? Because it's, it's strange. Like it's every, much funnier. Everything you pick up, you pick up in like a swiping action. Mm -hmm. And then even if it's, like, on the ground, you just, like, swipe at it and it's in your hand. And then anything you put down is, like, the same swiping action, but you just kind of let go and – I just smacked my (laughs) microphone. (laughs) Uh, Anything you put down, you, like – you just let go in the middle of the same swiping action. So if you're trying to put, like, a coffee cup on top of this – on top of your desk – it's it, I like missed my desk like three times trying to put the coffee cup there. I just kept dropping it on the floor trying to wing it onto. You know, I saw desk. some
0: tweets specifically about this from some of the developers, and actually they were. It was all very deliberate. Like this is. It's actually like the 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 um the motion the uh, the first person animations are all actually very cartoony, but not in like a comic kind of way. Just in that kind of like. Um, you know, squish and stretch kind of way that makes it feel very mm-hmm. alive. So, you know, they probably couldn't, they probably didn't have the budget or time to make individualized perfect, situationally accurate uh, pickup and, and set down animations for all of the dozens of different types of objects and surfaces that you might be picking them up from and dropping them onto. So they came up with something that works really well. It always feel like, okay, I just grab that bottle of whiskey, swipe, and it, it <laughs> Pops off the desk into your hand mid-swipe and it looks perfectly fine. It's a little cartoon motion that just works in the moment. All of the animations in the game are that way. It's very it feels just a tiny bit cartoony, but also pretty pretty good.
1: I mean, this is a game where I think the most considered animation to me was the was the whiskey bottle. Because if you decide you want to keep your whiskey with you, the of button you changes for save <laughs> for later. Well, I love that the something in inventory button was never called that. It was always called hold or keep for later. But the whiskey is like save for later. And when you decide you want to keep it, you throw it up in the air a few times as if you're testing its weight. And then you kind of hold it close for you a second as if you're going, hmm, Yeah. And then you put it in your pocket. Mm. And that's when I was like, oh God, I'm in such good hands with this game.
0: Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the first person animations, like we should mention just some of the, like there's no UI. You have no on screen health meter, if that had any meaning in this game. There's no on screen UI whatsoever. And then what you do have in terms of UI is presented as um, Henry actually holding things in his hands. Like he's, uh, when you use the map, you, you unfold a map and hold it in front of the camera and you can look around the map to, to look at the different areas of it. When you're using a compass, you get out the compass and hold it next to the map. And you have to compare the two and kind of get a sense of where you are located and what direction you're facing. So it's all very like, they really put a lot of, of thought, you never see Henry's face, so they have to express a lot through those little animations. Even things like what how, how he holds his compass. Yeah, you see a picture of his face a
2: couple times. There's there's a different a couple different places you can see that, but you never actually see him. In fact, you you know really just never see any people very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Only off in the distance. It is, yeah, it is. Uh, it is pretty much just entirely nature and objects and voice acting. Yeah. Uh, And the plot is the, like, we're not talking about it because we're, we don't want to spoil, but um, the plot is the primary focus of this game. Yeah. And what makes this game so good is we could probably do this entire podcast talking about everything but the plot. And we would still come out of it saying this game is phenomenal and not even mentioning the focus of the game. It's one of those games where like, you can tell uh, every single element of it was considered and designed with a purpose. Even the kind of silly swiping thing, like you said, it's fine. It definitely wasn't, they didn't just go like, oh, that's how that works. All right, fine, we'll leave it. Like, they clearly designed it that way.
0: Everything was thought about. And, and to your point a second ago, like, there aren't a lot of people in this game but you're never really alone. In fact, like, you kind of are always alone. You're always kind of exploring the wilderness, and you're doing that entirely by yourself. And yet, because of your connection by radio to Delilah, this really is a game about a relationship, about people. And so it it really does have this sort of... Like, I guess the... I, I think it's sort of very important to the theme that it's you're alone and yet you're not, and it's this kind of, like... Yeah, Henry came out here to be alone, but also he found a really important relationship, you know, a connection with other people in this in this lonely place. Like it's 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 really great that way.
2: Isolation, um, both forced and sought after, is a major theme of this game.
1: But it's less of a bummer than that sounds. I mean, it is real and it does get deep at times, but it's not pretentious. It is not someone going. It's not like a game where you're playing Thoreau if in the woods being
0: a douchebag. <laughs> Thoreau Simulator. Like, I really want
1: to make sure that like, because Thoreau Simulator would be the worst game. Henry is not Thoreau. He's going through some shit and he wants to go in the woods and be alone.
0: But he's also an incredibly funny, charming person and that comes across so he much. Is. Yeah. The The beauty of
2: nature is very, is only discussed a couple times in this game. And it even that is in like, A passing sort of way. Like we're the isolationism is not like you're saying, like, I need to spend you know three months alone writing poetry.
0: Yeah, this is not a wilderness survival game. You're not building a hut to shelter yourself against the wolves or anything. Like this is it's a game totally about talking with people and relationships, and also about sometimes how it can be scary to be in it alone, you know? There's some uh we'll talk about the story of the game. There's some times where that that loneliness that he sought out becomes a really scary condition.
2: Well yeah, anyone who's ever been um, you know, like camping, I guess, or something like that, where you're like, man, if I like fell right now, uh, and like really hurt myself, it's like it's game over, you know, like no one's gonna be able to find me, not for a, not for a long time. And this guy's going out there for three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there is human connection by the walkie-talkie, but like, if something happens, you're on your own with very few resources.
1: Um, yeah, we talked about in Oxenfree how a lot of the game was teenagers talking. And if you like teenagers talking, well, you're in a treat for oxen free. <laughs>
2: No one's going to say they like teenagers talking. <laughs> <laughs> that is not fair. Teenagers do, presumably. Inherently, because they're all... But even if you ask a teenager, if he said, do you like to hear teenagers talking, they would say no.
1: Fine. That is unfair, Toxin Free, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. I just wanted to compare it to this one where, yes, you're hearing two adults yapping all day, but it's more about what the conversations are. There's a lot of really lightheartedness. You mentioned it's charming as hell. And you are going to be walking around and doing things and just chatting while you're doing it. But it's kind of like listening to an interactive podcast at times and it's, sometimes it's a real human being. And the when that um, goes back and forth is what the game's about. Kind of when you actually are just chatting to pass time and when you're chatting to have a meaningful connection. It's
0: great. I think the dialogue here is like, where it shows, this really shows sort of an intersection between two styles, the telltale style with the dialogue and choice-driven narrative, and something like Gone Home, where you're exploring a a space and, uh, you know, getting to know uh, the people that live in it by the sort of stuff that they have and hearing their audio diaries and that sort of thing. And this is a perfect intersection of those two styles, because the dialogue is a sort of a, like, you're, you're, you're choosing from a menu, but the dialogue has a sort of a quick pace. It never feels like a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of telltale dialogue can get a little menu-y, you know, and there are times where you have to choose something in a hurry, but like, this is, this is all on a a bit of a timer. You have to choose something or you say nothing and that's always a valid choice too. but it also like you're, you're unchained from the narrative. Like you're unchained from things in, in a way that you felt like a little bit in gone home, like in gone home, I can wander anywhere in the house. I can do things in almost any order. Um, you get a little bit of that kind of freedom here, not a hundred percent, but you can wander the wilderness as you wish. And all the while, you can carry on a little bit of conversation every now and then, and uh, you know you're not always talking nonstop, but it's this perfect blend of I think those two styles in a way that I I, I kind of didn't expect.
2: You know, gone home, you're not directed any direction. You know, the the fun fact that you can like walk in and actually beat the game in like five minutes if you know exactly where to go right out of the gates. Like this game is is on rails to a degree. You're kind of always told, okay, you need to go to this point. Once you get that point, they're like, okay, now you need to go to this point with. Markers on a map often, um, but it doesn't feel that way because you can take a lot of different routes through nature. You actually – like what I enjoyed a lot is I kind of felt by the middle end of the game is I actually started to kind of know my way around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that was fun to uh, – it's like, okay, the map tells me I need to go to the southeast corner. Um, I've not been there, but I've been most of the way there, and I'm going to try to get there without – just staring at my map and heading like keep because you can kind of keep the map up and just kind of stare at it as you're walking if you really get turned around um but i kind of enjoyed like i'm gonna find my own way there and oftentimes there's a ton of different ways to get there either like through a mountain cave Over the mountain, around, through, like, a nice forest, down a river, all sorts of different ways.
0: Yeah, I don't love hiking, but I loved hiking in this game. Like, it it made that (laughs) hiking experience feel like (laughs) something, you know, I might theoretically want to do someday. And then I (laughs) thought better of it and realized I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, every time I played Tony Hawk, I'm like, yeah, I could skateboard.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Like, uh, like this was, like, halfway through this, I was
0: like, yeah, I could totally go out. The wilderness, no sweat.
1: I mean, this game pointed out to me all the ways I would not be good at hiking. Every <laughs> time he would leap over something or do a deep drop down, I would just be like, okay, that's where I die. Yeah.
2: That's because you, <laughs> right you just don't this do is... that stuff. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, no, like, you even even a n- normal hiking guy is going to be like, oh, here's a 20-foot ledge. <laughs> and just r- right over the edge of it. You're just going to be like, well, I'm not going to fall 20 feet today. I'm just going to go around it. But Henry is like, well, I got to go that way. I'll fall all day. I'm good.
1: (laughs) One last thing before we go into the spoiler break. And a lot of people have been calling this game rare. It's an adjective I've read over and over again um, on Twitter and on other people's reviews. And I think it's because uh, it feels really crafted and special, but is still fun. And I've seen a lot of games that are on the – taking themselves too seriously, side of the track, and games that are only on the silly side. And I think that, for me, Firewatch lived up to the hype.
0: It totally did. Yep. So if you haven't played this game yet, I can't believe you haven't played this game yet. Go play this game. It's out on the PC and Mac and PlayStation 4. I played the PS4 version. Did all of you guys? or
2: I did a Mac, actually. Oh, you did? My, okay. Uh, on my... 5K iMac. It was oh, awesome. nice. Yeah. I played
1: on PS4, and I'm very sad because you get a camera in the game, and if you take pictures on Steam, you can get them physically printed and mailed to you as photos, <laughs> and I can't do that on a PlayStation.
2: Oh, that's cool. I actually, I didn't use the camera as much. For some reason, I kept holding on to the concept that this camera might be a plot device, and I, and I felt the need to save my shots, and then spoilers i don't feel bad about this if you see something pretty take a picture because it, it's just for you
0: yeah take it's those photos and it's so pretty like really mm-hmm. really pretty so yeah if you if you think about it take that photo and uh and you'll enjoy them later even if you're on the ps4 i think you can go back and look at them later i mm-hmm.
2: got tricked because there's a moment kind of early where they say like oh you should take a picture of that for for something to
0: document uh, the evidence yeah
2: delilah says <laughs> something it. like
1: that yeah and i was
2: like oh okay well, I guess this camera means something. So I like
0: didn't take pictures anymore. (laughs) So pretty. Um, The PlayStation 4 version is uh, very good. I think if you really want the best possible visual experience, play this on a computer. I know that, you know, it's got longer draw distances and so on and might make a difference in a beautiful game like this. But um, play it however is easy for you. It is 20 bucks, although I think it's still on some sort of a sale. So it's going for like 18 or something most places if you're picking it up. But um, don't, wait for this to go on ultra sale or anything i mean it probably will someday it probably will eventually but this is a game that like i I know i for one hope that more games like this get made and um i think it's important to support people willing to take the risk and make an incredibly risky game like this uh, and really put all of themselves into it over two years and come out with a product that is, you know, a very short experience, but so much is going on here. So, you know, buy this game, play this game. I 100% recommend it. And after this spoiler break, we will talk about all of the feels of the game and a little bit about the story and uh, also the ending. So if you have played the game, stick with us after the spoiler break. quick note to those uh listening we also talk a little bit about some things that might be considered spoilers for gone home so if you are playing this and uh and haven't played gone home they're light spoilers we're not talking about specifics of this of the story but we we do some comparison between the story of this and the story of gone home in the way that it tells its story that might be considered light spoilers um for gone home so if you haven't played that first off it's an awesome game go play it and uh Thanks for listening.
1: So, we've talked a lot about the non plot parts of the game, but I think one of the really good things about Firewatch is that it balances this whole solving a mystery, what's actually happening here, with actually having these people be people, character, relationship stuff. Um, And you get to have a finale for the plot and a finale for the relationship. Um, It's really nice that you get this real nice tension building up as you go through the game. So you feel less like you're going to start exploring randomly because you want to keep moving. You want to keep the plot moving forward. And it's very cleverly balanced. Um, we're going to talk through some of the big plot points, but I love how much control they have over paces. Every day is a different length um, and has a different feel to it.
2: I remember, like, so day one is a lot of gameplay, right? It's probably 20 minutes at least or so of kind of getting your bearings and everything
0: yeah, yeah you're hiking out to your uh, your fire watch tower and you're kind of getting settled in you're figuring out how the radio works and getting your introduction to your boss Delilah yep um, you see a deer and it's very magical reminded me of uh, reminded me of life is strange actually for a second there
2: yeah yeah <laughs> I, there, anytime at this point now if I'm playing a uh, like a first person Story telling game If there's like chill time Where I get to just kind of like walk around and look at stuff I think of Life, life is Strange because there's so much time in that game where you're just like, oh, look at my school. I'm going to walk
0: around my school.
1: One part where they were like, go find some boards. I was like, oh, no, it's the bottle it's quest. It's the
0: bottles, yeah. <laughs>
2: the Actually, boards were real b- close.
0: before we get too far into day one, we haven't talked about something that totally surprised me. Like I, I kind of expected, okay, I'm going to begin this game by hiking out into the woods and hiking up my fire tower and getting settled in or whatever. But I totally didn't expect the intro or kind of prologue to the game, which is nothing but text. In fact, it it plays out a lot like Twine, which I think is like a Twine game, which is really, really interesting. It's the first time I've seen that kind of aesthetic and storytelling style bleed into more like mainstream, if this can be called mainstream, but like more traditional like 3D games. So like rather than having you just start the game and have to figure out everything that there is to know about Henry from context clues, you know, we play through a little interactive, uh, text-based narrative that tells you the story of Henry's relationship with his wife. And it's really kind of romantic and then becomes so sad because, you know, his wife is, uh, is suffering from like early onset Alzheimer's and that's so heartbreaking. And it really sets up who this character is and why he would want to be alone in the wilderness
1: I have this under uh, in the outline under the name feels because I played this with my um, now fiance on Valentine's Day hmm. about 24 hours after getting too engaged. And it went from, oh, this is so cute. It's a people in a relationship to like real deep oh. feelings. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so play it with your partner, but you're going to be faced with, um, early onset Alzheimer's in, like, five minutes. and, and Just it's, know that's coming.
2: It's early. It's I mean, 41. She's she's 41. Yeah. Um, yeah. And is essentially, at that point, incapacitated by the disease. And uh, she is also someone who – she's a college professor. Um, so uh, someone with a lot of aspirations too, um, you know, very career-focused. So, like, that's a pretty heavy part too Is is her, like, kind of – collapse from not only her relationship but also like her self goals, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you hear her having to deal with that. Uh it it's pretty rough. uh, And it's right out of the gates. They do very nicely though, because it is mostly text-based, but it is interlaced with uh kind of your journey out to the out to the uh lookout station. So it'll be like you're kind of in your car driving and then it goes black screen and you um, have some options to move forward with the story. And then it cuts all of a sudden. Now you're in the woods and you hike for like 15 seconds and then you hear a little bit more story. And it, it, it kind of plays almost like a, it's like a travel montage
0: with heartbreaking story text-based in between. It was so effective for me. Like I, mm-hmm. I it 100% sold me on the character of Henry and it was also really unexpected because like I knew having, having played a little bit of this game at PAX, having seen some trailers and things, I knew that the game was going to be about the relationship with Delilah, but I expected the relationship with Delilah to be like an explicitly romantic one in a sense, because there is some, there is like some obvious flirtation in some of the stuff that you see in the trailers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I realized how Henry was hurting and how his, relationship, like how he, I mean, first off that he was married and, you know, it just added this whole other layer to it where, you know, I, I, I knew that he needed someone, but I also knew that maybe what he needed wasn't, you know, a romantic relationship. What he needed was someone to help him through this painful thing.
2: Yeah. And you get to, you get to choose. Oh yeah. Do you you want to push the story or at least push the relationship with Delilah more towards a romantic romantic. And of course we're talking all through walkie talkie. So it's like, are you going to flirt or are you going to just
0: kind of move on with something else? Yeah. Um, you can accuse her of things. You can yeah. choose not to talk with her at all. Uh, like there's a you lot of ways to interact
1: not tell her. her about your wife at all.
2: Yeah. Uh, I I mean, it, it's pretty heavy. You know, you, um, You have to consider that Henry is in the woods, but he is still married. But his wife is now living with her family, and her family hates you. So it's a super complicated situation. And you can play it um, because you have the choice. Is Henry running away from the family? Is he running away from everything? Like, is he trying to forget himself entirely? Is he just looking for a break? you kind of decide why Henry is out here.
0: Yeah, you really can project a lot of of your own feelings about this sort of situation. And the game gives you a lot of choices in the dialogue that let you sort of express those feelings. I don't really think there's a canonical interpretation of like how Henry feels at any point. It's very open to interpretation, but not by being vague, by like asking you to interpret your feelings, and then express them in dialogue. Yeah, and make the choice.
2: Yeah. You're making the choice. If, like, um, you could uh, you could play it heavy, I want to be romantic with Delilah. I actually don't know what that outcome would be, though, because for me playing it, I had a really hard time pushing anything towards the romant- romantic side with Delilah, because I felt so, like, immediately just like, I can't. I can't go out to these woods and, like, totally abandon my, you know, um, early onset Alzheimer's wife. Like, that just felt so wrong to me that I pretty much never made any selection that was even remotely, like, hitting on Delilah.
1: I always chose wistful, regretful interest in Delilah of, I'm not actually being extremely romantic, but... The feelings are there and I'm not going to deny them, but we're not doing anything. That was – which I'm – I got to pick that nuance. Yeah, That nuance was available. It wasn't make out or say no.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like I'm interested in you in a relationship with you, Delilah, because we're both hurt people out here in this crazy, (laughs) crazy situation – but it doesn't – you know, just go straight at it. It doesn't have to be sexual, basically. It can be much more than that. Um, and and I definitely I, – I, you know, really, really
0: appreciated that. the Like you said, the nuance to the story. And Delilah really responds to, to your choices in a lot of ways too. Like there, Delilah is a, a pretty complex character with – like there's a lot going on that at least – At first, you don't see. And then once you get to know Delilah a little bit more, like, she can respond to you in a lot of different ways. I'm, um, from having looked at some different uh, things about the game and kind of tried to see some other possibilities, I've only played through it once so far, but, um, like, she can end up kind of reciprocating your interest. She can be suspicious of you. Uh, She can, she can, she can respond to you in a lot of, of different ways, and, like, when it comes down to the ending, which we'll talk about in some detail, like, I think that the ending of this game is incredibly strong. I, and I, there's been some, some folks who felt otherwise, but I feel like it really comes down to the ending of this game is Delilah asserti- asserting herself as a person, and she's a character in this game. She's not here at, as a part of Henry's story. She has a story of her own. And all of this
2: is the emotional subplot. Essentially, like you are interacting with Delilah, you know, almost a hundred percent of the game, but the real driving action is something entirely different than this relationship. This relationship is just building throughout what's actually happening, which is kind of a murder mystery or not murder. It turns out to be a murder mystery kind of. So surprising. So many red Yeah, It's, it's absolutely a mystery. It's like a mystery thriller. And that's why where this game is is like ultimately successful to me. It's like we're sitting here talking about all of this other stuff, and the the driving action is kind of two separate things. There's a couple teens, these teenage girls. It's 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 like day one, or maybe day two, where you encounter them and it's really funny and it's a little weird because you're like, I'm a grumpy old man, and these there's like it's like 18-year-old girls that are like running around the uh, forest. Setting beer, off bottle rockets. Setting yeah. off rockets, skinny dipping, and drinking an absurd amount of beer.
0: And you have to go clean up after them all, and tell yeah. them not to light their bottle yeah. rockets anymore. They
2: couldn't carry all that beer that you keep finding. But yeah. uh, you also have the choice to, like, did you guys go around and pick up all the beer cans? I, 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 I up all the beer Yeah, I did every time, <laughs> too. Like, I'm not a monster. It. Yeah, come on. Uh, and that's, like, the beginning is you're chasing these kids around, essentially, Um, and they're vandalizing the park and you're just being like a grumpy park ranger.
0: And, and then like you, you very quickly discover, um, by word of mouth through Delilah that the, the teens have gone missing. And also there's a sort of a shadowy figure that appears and mysteriously vanishes at, you know, in in the same area as the teens. And you immediately assume, oh, so this is a this is a murder mystery. My my mystery to solve here is what happened to the teens and like Gone Home, um there's more than meets the eye. You know, Gone Home, you're investigating why is this house empty? what happened here what dark horrible thing happened here and it's full there's, of little red there's got to be ghosts there's got to be ghosts or <laughs> there's been a murder or whatever and you know that's how gone home plays out like you you think that there's all these things going on and really it's using your expectations your very video gamey expectations to string you along through, in a very entertaining way, it's not dishonest really, but it's it's stringing you along through a story that's really telling a, a much more personal, relatable, human, down-to-earth story. And this is doing the same sort of thing. You think first it's going to be a, uh, uh, a murder mystery, and then it escalates into something that seems like so much weirder and higher stakes. Government
2: conspiracy. Right. So the teens thing kind of kind of wraps up. Um, they give you a lot of trouble. They're kind of leading you all over the park. Um, it's kind of insinuated that you might have killed them um, <laughs> or that they died. Um, depending on your relationship with Delilah, she might accuse you of actually killing them, which I actually thought was really interesting because, like, she doesn't know. All she has is what you've told her through a walkie-talkie. So it's right for her to kind of be like, did you kill them? They but didn't anyway, disappear
0: right after you saw them.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um but that actually kind of wraps up. Um you find out that the teens have been found, uh, they're alive. You're not wanted for murder. Well, that doesn't happen until much later though.
0: That's true. Like, so there's there's still I like guess, there's still the teens thing like hanging over your head, like what happened to these teens? <laughs> and then the mystery starts getting a lot weirder very quickly. You know, I think I've said
2: the word teens more times in the last like two weeks because of the two games we <laughs> it played.
1: Makes you sound super young, mate.
0: Oh uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Cool guys say teens.
0: Life is um, strange and oxen free, and this we really yeah. get a lot of teen talk in on this show.
2: Dangerous hunks. But they they kind of <laughs> they kind of pull the uh, they pull the lost uh, tech te- uh, technique where they kind of make you forget about one major question by adding an even bigger major question on top uh and then just like subtly resolving the other first major question like 5 episodes later so far that you've forgotten about it um so you you you're right you kind of forget about the teens or you, you stop thinking about them because now you're stumbling upon um some sort of maybe government conspiracy
1: people are studying you
0: yeah it doesn't seem like a like it, it doesn't seem at first like it's from the same world like you're you're out and about and you find a looking for I think clues about the teens and you find a clipboard. Now, you with, just
1: want to go fishing.
0: Yeah, oh right. That's You're on the way yeah, to teens. You, you just want to go fishing. Yeah and you find this clipboard with with a lot of your conversations with Delilah written down. So somebody's been listening in on your radio conversations with Delilah and that's weird enough on its own, but then you get knocked out and when you wake up, um I think they took some of your stuff. Oh, and earlier somebody broke into your fire tower, so like things are getting dangerous. Like people are people are clearly working against you in a creepy way. You also find a fence that Delilah is like, "Why is there a fence?"
2: Yeah. It's like actual infrastructure that is confusing. She's like, "There should not be a fence." So then you're like, "Oh my god, there's there's some big powers at play here." Fence building powers.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's there's some possible explanations for it at this point. You know, there's uh, well, maybe some scientists or something set it up, but it's mysterious. Like, there's there's weird stuff going on. There's there's other people in this area that's supposed to be empty except for you and maybe a random hiker or two every now and then. And these people are working against you. They're tapping your radio. They are they are being very creepy. And it seems at least kind of like a weird conspiracy against you. Like, what the heck is going on?
1: There's mounting evidence. There are people leaving threatening tapes. There are fires being started. You know, there's all these weird things going down, and it's getting more and more urgent and more and more tense. And I was really worried because I thought that this game was going to go into some different genre and it was going to be some weird X-Files stuff and... I just kept running through uh, Justin Hates' rear window because he says it would be such a better movie if it was all just in Jimmy Stewart's head. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's actually a murderer makes the movie worse because he wanted it to just be a conspiracy about how deranged this guy is and how he gets other people to play into his fantasy. And then...
2: Movies were not that nuanced. At this point.
0: They gave,
1: <laughs> but they gave me rear window where Jimmy Stewart is actually just a conspiracy nut.
0: Yeah. It is kind of. Yeah, that's a good comparison.
1: Thank God. I
0: I love I loved I loved the the so the build on build of this sort of conspiracy plot line to the point where uh Henry and Delilah are questioning each other's loyalties and they're like they do they're trying to, to like you're not sure if maybe delilah is in on it and she's not sure if you're just making shit up to make her look bad she thinks maybe you're you're you know lighting fires and stuff to to get her booted out of her job so there's this your your relationship the central element of the game is starting to fall apart over this increasingly bizarre set of conspiracy looking uh you know events all the while, you're continuing your conversations with Delilah. You get a lot of backstory about her when she came to the job. You find out about the person who preceded you in your job um, and his kid uh, who become pretty important. And you get some nice kind of backstory about Delilah's relationship with this young boy um, who, uh, you know, you get the kind of impression that this is sort of how Delilah, like, stays sane in her job. Is she makes relationships with people over the radio. She talks to uh, Brian the kid about his dungeons and dragons you he she talks to you about whatever you choose um she talks to the other lookout and we learn a lot about those people and it's never clear what happened to Brian and his dad and everything gets beautifully tied up towards the end so you you know you you find the threatening conspiracy base past the the fence and at that point what possible explanation could there be for this? There is zero reason that anyone would build a base in the middle of the Wyoming wilderness to study some random dude talking on the radio. There's no reason for it. Well, Occam's razor, the simplest possible explanation, it's all fake. And you find towards the end that it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's all staged for your benefit to kind of throw you off and keep you off the scent of what really happened here.
1: A little sad, personal tragedy, that someone who wants to cover up and is completely, you know,
2: buried. Yeah, I mean, so at the end of this, it all turns out just to put on a bow, put a bow on it. We we think there's a million different things going on, mostly huge, high level stuff, government conspiracy, something like that. Turns out. A father and his son. Uh, there's a, an accident, most likely, maybe not, but where the son dies, and the dad, instead of, um, like turning, you know, going to the police, saying this is what happened, he just decides it'd be better to just run and just live in the woods, disappear, and just just disappear, and just
1: because the kid was never supposed to be there in the first place, yeah,
2: and, and you know, obviously that's like a horrific decision, but like that's. That's why he's been doing this. He's been, like, listening to Delilah and uh, Henry because it's it's basically a source of entertainment for him. And it turns out to be a really personal decision about, like, a father who deals with the death of his son and how he deals with it. And everything just, again, kind of comes back to home and how people handle terrible situations.
1: And why people choose to run away.
0: Yeah, it really mirrored for me the ending. Again, um, spoilers for Gone Home. So <laughs> if you uh, if you want to avoid spoilers for the ending of Gone Home, skip forward by about I don't know about a minute. But uh, here they are. It it really mirrored for me that final build up at the end of Gone Home, where you're uh, you you don't know what's in the attic, and it could be it could be a corpse. It could be like a satanic ritual. It could be almost anything, depending on your interpretation of what's happened so far. And as it turns out, you know, it's all revealed as this very deep little personal story.
2: Um, Just to step
0: in, I will say it's a
2: little bit different because with with Firewatch, you're like, it's going to be a huge i'm going to stumble into like a, a lab or something is what you know you're kind of and this you stumble onto a corpse which is a 10-year-old a, a, a boy's corpse that's been there for several years so uh i would say it was a little I, it's I, I, different, it was yeah. it was a very um, it was a it was a heavy moment it was very i was very very shocked because the way they handle it is it, it, it's very well done you kind of come around the corner and because of the the cave, like there's a single, like essentially like a spotlight on the body of a child and it's very, very moving and the music swells and you're like, oh, shit. I, I did not expect it. I, I did not expect to come across the body in the cave. I was, I was thinking of a hundred different things. I did not expect it to be um, the body of the kid that they've been talking about. Um, so but as soon as you see it, it all sort of falls into oh, place sure. a little bit. So and it's, it's great. It, it yeah. is a. It, it I think that is the real climax of the game. You're right. There's an emotional climax with Delilah that comes after. We talked about that at the beginning. But to me, this was when I was like, oh, oh man, I this game just changed. Like my mm-hmm. opinions, my emotions towards it changed a lot when it became when it turned out to be that. Um, and, and, in a good way, obviously sad, but in a good way, like it was, it was a, it was a really good, um, reveal. I'm glad it wasn't actually a
0: crazy government study. Yeah. I'm I'm glad glad we didn't find our way down into the the bottom of the cave and find, I don't know, a UFO or something like this. Yeah. This is, this is an infinitely better, like this, this tells its story incredibly well. And that. Wouldn't have been a good story, (laughs) but but, uh, it, it would have been hard to tell. Well, even if it were, uh, this is, it's just so heartbreaking and so personal and breaking the news. Like once you get out of the cave and you have to break the news of what you found in there to Delilah, um, and her reaction to that, that was some of the finest voice acting and best dialogue I've seen in a video game that, that moment.
2: Yeah. Well, because she feels guilty because it was her job to say that there was a kid out there, um, and she didn't. Because
0: you know, I mean, like, because she enjoyed his company over the yeah. Radio. She
2: liked talking to him, and you wouldn't, you know, you'd think like, yeah, they're not out, they're not supposed to be out there. But you know, it's a, a father who's taking the summer as a lookout. Like that, I don't know. Like, I feel like I would probably also let it slide because um, yeah. it could be a really great experience for both of them, mm-hmm. and he's probably not going to get hurt. Um, probably. But probably. But sadly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you f- his head is crushed in is how you find him. Yeah. So it it's pretty brutal.
1: One of the nicest things about the Brian storyline is that in the drawer, as you've been in your lookout, you get this map that he's hand-drawn where he's renamed all the parts on your map with uh, wizards and...
2: Wizards Wiz- and wyverns. <laughs> wizards and
1: wyverns uh, names. Um, and you see that there's like a little name on it that's like his elven characters a hideout and then you get to actually go in there when you get out of the cave and explore his hideout and it's really specific it feels like a real kid and it feels like a kid who's been doing the same things you have so it's like an instant bond um and then the other thing that's really brought this whole thing home to me is the very very end which is the credits um, the camera you've been taking pictures on the whole time was actually in his backpack. And during the credits, you see all the pictures you've taken in reverse order. And then you see the pictures that were on the roll already of him and his dad at the end of the roll.
2: That was something that I was, I was as soon as, because you pick up the camera and they're like, oh, four pictures have already been taken. I was like,
0: I can't wait to see these pictures. Like, I, <laughs> They make yeah. you wait
1: till the very end. Till the very yeah.
0: end, yeah. It's a good touch. Yeah, yeah. really bittersweet and, you could have different uh, different opinions of his dad, like, like did his – it's open to interpretation whether his dad is responsible for his death, either directly or just indi- indirectly through sort of negligence. Um, uh, it's a kind of open to interpretation how his dad felt about him, although you do get to go through his stuff and find a lot of things that kind of give you a clue. Um, But it is it's it's really sad to go through his dad's things and see all these mementos of his of his dead son that he's he's keeping in his creepy little survivalist lair out in the middle of nowhere. So
1: I left you can't take a lot of stuff in your lookout with you when you leave. Um, You can just take a couple of your personal items like your photo of your wife. But it made me think about how insane I'm going to look to whoever shows up next. You can't take any of the stuff you put up on the wall. All your conspiracy oh shit, you right. can't take it down. You can't <laughs> take it with me. And like,
2: he's he's looking, building like the perfect like detective show thing where it's like every piece of evidence is just taped to the wall. Well, with any luck, the whole thing will burn down. He's,
1: type, he's writing in typewriter on index cards, questions like who is listening to me and taping yeah. it to the wall.
2: Actually, it probably did burn down because when you're leaving – like everything
1: Big is, is on in fire. Bad shape.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of all of the random crap that you find or collect uh, and so on, there's a lot of little fun things that you kind of can discover throughout the game. There's so many little things to find throughout the world of this game. I mean, it's you're in the wilderness. There's not a lot around. Lots of trees, lots of little brooks and signs, and little cash boxes where the uh, where the fire service keeps their stuff. But there's also little, like, hidden stuff. The, the The developers of this game have just peppered this landscape with, with fun things for you to look around and find while you're exploring the world.
1: Guys, this game let me throw a boombox in the lake, which I thought was a really open-world challenge. The <laughs> teens left their boombox running, and I went back to it, and I just... I walked in the lake and I dropped it. Like, the game didn't make it easy. It wasn't as if I, like, walked over to Boombox and there was a button that says drop in lake. Like, I made the decision to go to the Boombox, travel around with me, and then I was like, oh, here's a lake. And I dumped it in the lake. And then later on, the game remembered that I did it.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. They were
1: like, what did you do to those teens? And I could have chosen nothing. I scared them, that's all. Or I, I stole their alcohol, or I. Dropped in my boombox in the lake because I did awesome. all those things. Yeah,
0: totally, yeah. totally picks up on that. Actually, even more fun than that, if you hurry and do it while the teens are still there, they curse you out for it. <laughs> oh, nice! And uh, and of course, you could also just take the boombox back with you and keep it at your uh, at your like hideout with you or your your fire station with you. And uh, and Delilah will comment on the music at a, at least a couple of points. In the game, she will say, "What's that you're listening to?"
2: The song I want to know—is it a real song, or they were like, did they hire someone to make like, make a stupid, stereotypical like teen? I'm pretty song. sure it was
0: made for the game. I, I saw it was uploaded to like Bandcamp or something. I'll try yeah. to have a, a link in the show notes.
1: the delight measure. There's a whole like magic circle thing on the floor, but it's not actually a supernatural thing, which I was so happy. Mm. The, that was just for color. And nearby, I found a turtle that I adopted oh, and I named it Turt Riddles. And when you decide to keep it, the little circle button, it says adopt.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> and then you get to wonderful. sit
1: in a box in your hideout, and every time you pick it up and you can you know, examine him, he kind of cranes his. Around and looks at you, and you can choose Man. to like take him with you on your trips.
0: I have many <laughs> regrets. Not finding that turtle is among the top. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that I didn't find any turtles. I actually looked up a tutorial. There's a there's an article tu- you can tutorial. <laughs> Territorial. Uh, uh, yeah, it's somewhere uh, in there. Yeah, uh, keep working <laughs> at that, Nate. Uh, Turtle. There's, there's a there's an article online that shows some of the places you can find turtles, and I somehow missed all of them. So I, I really think territorial right. You can actually collect <laughs> multiple turtles. I think. Um, I did find a lot of fun things though, and one of my favorites, which I think it was just uh, an op- opportunity for Ali Moss to have some fun with it, was that there's books all over the place in this game. And They're all over the place. Uh, they're in in the different cash boxes. They're in your uh, firewatch station. They're in Delilah's. They're uh, in the supply thing. They're all over the place. And the books are all by Richard Sturgeon, I suppose, a fictional author. And all of the um, uh, all of the titles are numerical. So like, there's uh, one chance to die. Death strikes at two. Three blind rats, and so on. And all of the uh, all of the covers are this like. You know, great style that's very Ollie Moss, if you know his visual style, um, except the middle one, Terminal 7, which has the look of like...
1: A Dean Koontz novel.
0: Yeah, like adapted into a major motion picture. Like this is the version of that that got the cover that's a that's a film poster instead. So like the, the collecting those is a sort of a little quest you can do. And I really enjoyed doing that. Although interesting, uh, interesting little bit of the... I think they intentionally wanted to make that kind of hard to do. Because you can't just put them in your inventory. You literally have to carry them in your hands back to your station and put them on the shelf if you want to collect them. So they've made it extra hard. Oh, oh, and one, one more thing as a Gone Home crossover. One of the books you find that isn't by Richard Sturgeon is one of the books uh, written by the dad in Gone Home. Um, the Accidental Savior shows up in the Lending Library box. Uh, and that's one of the books, the uh, sort of alternate history, like, uh, time-travel JFK books uh, written by the dad and Gone Home. So crossover.
2: I want to know who keeps who kept uh, replacing the granola bar in the supply <laughs> cachet, uh, cache right by the lookout, because I ate that granola bar like every day. <laughs> they, they grow back,
0: you know. Oh. Granola bars grow on trees. There's a couple of other weird little ones. One that I just thought was so perfect, like there's the climax of the game, well, I guess sort of the second climax, the uh, the relationship climax, when you make it to Delilah's tower, um, there's that's a pretty solemn moment. It's pretty serious. But even then, there's some moments for some good little chuckles. For example, earlier in the game, you come across a pond and... And Delilah explains to you that they had to take the, the sign down from that pond, because it was called pork pond. And and she, she says, uh, you know, we had to take it down because people, people kept stealing it. Um and you know, you ask why would someone steal that? And she says, Oh, you know, it because it, it's a it's a neat sign, pork pond. It would look great in a in a den or or anywhere. <laughs> and then you and then in her firewatch station at the end you of course see the pork pond Naturally, pork pond yeah. sign.
1: You thief Delilah. And that's actually – we said the second ending, so there's the climax where we've already talked about. But then there's a – you get to talk to Delilah, and she's left you. She's left on the early helicopter rather than see you, even if you told her to.
0: Even if you really ask her not to and you hurry there.
1: I mean, she's left, and she's very sure that yeah, this thing is over.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: that was my qu- – I was going to ask you guys. Is that – um is that for sure? Is there no is there no alternate endings to this where you can get her to stay?
0: Actually, uh, there is one alternate ending, but it does not get her to stay. And I saw this confirmed by the developer on Twitter. I um, think it was by Sean Vanneman. So there is an alternate ending. The alternate ending is that if you sit there and don't get on the uh, on the helicopter for more than two minutes. It leaves without you, and it cuts to credits. That's the alternate ending. <laughs> so oh, you really? just
1: die. <laughs> yep. Um,
0: well, I don't know if you would die, but you'd
2: probably be not be pretty, doing too well. Yeah, um, probably pretty rough.
0: But yeah, the, there is no ending in which now you you have different options in terms of how that final conversation with Delilah over the radio goes. But there is no ending in which you and Delilah skip off into the sunset, and I think that's incredibly important to the story that this game is trying to tell. Like, this is the moment when Delilah seems at her most real as a fully realized character with her own thing, you know? Like, in, in any other game, Delilah would be there at the end. Delilah would be there, you guys would kiss, or you Maybe would,
1: lost in translation at where you whisper something and it cuts.
0: Right, or, or, or something like that. But, like, there would be an indication, like, this is a beginning— not an ending and Delilah is now your girlfriend or something like th- there would be that but th- but she's not a prize to be won for completing the game here she is a human being and she looks at this situation with you you know, coming out here to be alone, your wife, you know, that you need to presumably go back to at some, in some way, like she looks at this situation and she knows that this relationship has run its course and she sees their relationship for what it is. And she chooses to leave before you get there so that you don't have to have that moment that you, you know, and she, she doesn't want that. She wants to live her own life and, I thought that was a really, really, really good ending. I, 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 like Delilah sprung out of the screen at me on in this ending. I thought she was, like, and and that's what's so weird to me is like a lot of the reactions to the ending online have kind of said like, man, I guess I kind of liked it, but the ending didn't work for me because like, why couldn't you get together with Delilah at the end? And I'm like, you don't understand. This is so important to the ending. Ah,
1: P- people. Yeah, Justin finished it. it was like, people kept complaining the ending was ambiguous and it's really clear cut. And then we went through and we got the second ending relationship and I'm like, it's still really clear cut.
0: <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> like, ambiguous is not a word I would associate with the ending of this game. Delilah is a grown woman who has decided that, you know, she's probably going to lose her job and she doesn't really want this baggage of this guy, no matter how great we think he is. Like, they've gone through some stuff. She's already been, you know, alone for the summer. They've just gone through this traumatic experience together. And she doesn't want to stay in that mire anymore. And it's very open to project whatever you've done in the game. It's very open. If it's she doesn't reciprocate relationship feelings, if it's because she's done with this mess, if it's because it's PTSD. It doesn't really matter why. It just matters that she's very definitively saying, and gently saying no.
0: It's the most fully realized, like, emotional journey. Like, I feel like her arc is clearer to me than Henry's arc. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, Henry, you really, he's a, he's a, you project a lot of yourself onto Henry. Like, I I don't know for sure how Henry feels at the end of the game, uh, even in my own personal playthrough. And I don't really know exactly, like, if he's going back to his wife, or how he feels about it if he is, or like, I don't know exactly what Henry's emotional ending for this game is, but like, I really felt like I knew what it was for Delilah. Like I really, like she sprung off the page at me.
2: So all in all, I'd say we recommend this game. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. Just yeah. Just a little
0: bit. Um, I, I I would say that this game ranks right up there with gone home for me and gone home may be my favorite video game of all time. So like, this is, I've only played this through once. Um, but like reaction so far. Yeah. This is this is a great achievement. This is a phenomenal game.
2: Yeah, and it I mean it, it makes me excited. Uh for what if I'm assuming this production company is staying together. It's this has been a pretty good hit. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is not, you know, it's an indie game, yes, but um you can't go pretty far in, in the gaming world right now without seeing Firewatch. So uh it's a pretty big hit and I imagine that They'll make more games, so I'm excited about that. Well, yeah, we uh, don't know
0: that for sure, but I certainly hope so. Yeah. Like, well, they, and
2: yeah. even still, you know, when Gone Home, we all we talked how much, like, we can't wait for more games like this. Um, this is an extension of that. So even if Campo Santo doesn't make another game, um, there's gonna, you know, the the success of this, the success of Gone Home, I mean, this is a genre to stay. And yeah, I, and, and, I and it's, it's one
0: that people are still getting their heads around. Like, th- this is... This is a movement in video games that, like, it's, weirdly enough, like, Gone Home came out in, like, 2012. It's, it's been a few years now, and this is still controversial. Like, there are still people that look at this and say, that's not a game. Yeah, that's fine. They don't have to play. Yeah, not those people. But, yeah, it, that's fine. Like, you know, whatever. More than anything, this is just says that that style isn't something that's... Gone Home wasn't a one-hit wonder. Right. G- Gone Home wasn't not – it's not even just that it's not a one-hit wonder. It's that, like, you can experiment on this and you can change the scale. You can open this up to a whole wilderness and you can still tell a good story in that way. Like, this is taking a lot of things that se- that seemed to work well at one scale or in one style and twists them and changes the scale dramatically and does things differently and, and still does – An amazing job of telling a story. Turns out a good story is a good story. Yeah,
1: and I'm really excited to keep playing this game in the future as I age. uh, Because I think as I grow up, I'm going to get different things out of the game. And honestly, I don't think I get to say that very often. So,
0: yeah. Bully for
1: Firewatch.
0: Indeed. Uh, so, uh, I think we already mentioned this before the spoiler break, but you can get this game on the PlayStation four or on steam and it's on Mac and PC. I don't know about Linux, but maybe, I don't know. Uh, it's like 20 bucks. You should definitely pick this up and go hug someone you love. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. (laughs) And maybe take a walk outside or, or don't do that. It's better to do it in the game. (laughs) Yeah. It's prettier. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what are we, what are we doing next guys?
1: Until dawn.
0: Yes, I think that's right. So unless something changes on our schedule, we're still figuring things out.
2: Yeah, um... Continuing with uh, spooky teens, we get to say teens for another week in a row.
0: Oh, thank goodness! Even if we
1: don't play it next week, we'll be playing it in the next couple weeks. So, yeah, if you're playing along, pick it
0: up. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Short Game. Uh, I'm Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at reagank. That's R A Y G A N K. And you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find a contact form. We like to hear from people. Uh, let us know if you think there's a game coming up on the horizon that we ought to know about. Or one that you've played that we haven't covered that you think uh, would be right up our alley. Um, also, leave us a review on iTunes. That's that computer program on your Mac or PC.
2: It's no uh, Audubon or <laughs> I'm sorry, I already um, forgot that. audio. O- audi- uh, Audion.
0: Excuse me, sir. Audion. <laughs> our dear departed Audion Cinnabon from uh, from Panic It's Not Software. Cinnabon either. So if you uh, uh, if you still have that piece of software on your computer or if you don't you can do it do it from your iphone Uh, leave us a review there we love itunes reviews and they help get the show in front of new audiences um thank you so much for joining me my co-hosts congratulations again laura for your birthday and and happy birthday so much to celebrate where can people find you to congratulate you
1: you can find me on twitter at laura j dash
0: and nate where can people find you
2: Uh, You can also find me on Twitter at NateSTL. And thank you to our listeners
0: for listening again to this episode of The Short Game.